Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. When you lie, it gives birth to other lies. You can't just give one. You have to have a real good memory to do that. You lie, grows, grows, and grows, and multiplies. Nothing is rarer than a solitary lie. For lies breed like toads. You cannot tell one, but out it comes with a hundred young ones on its back. Lies tend to have a snowball effect. Pastor Ed reminds us today how difficult telling one lie really is. More than likely, you'll have to keep lying to cover up the first lie or have the best memory in the world to know who you lied to and what the details were. Today's message wraps up the ninth commandment, do not lie and is intended to remind us to examine our own lives, specifically in areas where we may have bent the truth a bit. God's desire is for us to live by a standard of truth and to rid ourselves of the lies. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus for his continuing study entitled, The Ninth Commandment. You need a market for it to keep it going. If you don't know for sure You're not there. You're not heard. Don't take it and spread it. That's what God says in his word. Don't slander. You want to have God's favor on your life? You want to be in his holy hill, in his presence? Don't slander people. Don't gossip about people. In Proverbs 11, 13, a gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Says a gossiper, a talebearer, separates close friends. Let me tell you what she said about you. I know you're best friends, but when you weren't there, this is what she said. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what happens is gossip separates friends, pushes people apart, divides people, causes dissension. There was an older church deacon who loved the Lord, serving the Lord for many years. And this older church deacon happened to also be in charge of the Sunday school. He was a Sunday school superintendent. And one day he was taking the youth home. And as he was taking the youth home, one of the girls, teenage girls, came up with an accusation. She said, you know, our Sunday school superintendent, uh, he was drunk and he tried to kiss me. Well, There was one family that got wind of that, and they didn't like the superintendent at all. Pastor told the story. This really happened. So this family came in and said to the pastor, you have to remove our superintendent because he's behaving inappropriately with teenage girls. He's getting drunk and everything. They said, that's a serious charge. So what he did was he went to visit that person, the superintendent, and talked to him personally. And what happened was this. As he was with the superintendent, he said... You know, uh, what's that I smell? It's a strong odor. He said, well, I've been on real strong cough medicine. I've been taking it for days. And he said, ah, that answers one question. So he called the teenage girl into his office, and the answer said, did the deacon go over, lean over, try to keep, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, now, you know I'm going to have to remove him from his office. You know, here are the consequences. And suddenly she began to cry. And she said, no, I wasn't telling the truth. So the pastor went back to these people who were trying to have this man removed 
And he told them, listen, it, it wasn't what you think. It wasn't what we think. It, it didn't happen that way. They were still upset because they were bent on destroying that person. Be very careful. Don't gossip. Don't spread things around. There was an older saint in the church who was known for his pious life, but he was very frail physically, emotionally, and someone said something about this older saint that wasn't true, and it really got into his heart, spirit, and emotions, and it precipitated him getting ill, and eventually he went to his was on his deathbed, and this person heard, and they felt bad, and so they came over, and they wanted to talk to him and apologize, and they did. And this older, pious saint said, listen, I forgive you, and then the perpetrator of the gossip slander said, is there anything I can do? He says, yes, you can. I want you to take this pillow, and I want you to go to the nearest hill, and I just want you to shake the pillow and let all of the feathers fly out. And so he did, and he came back. He said, I did what you asked. I said, I want you to do one other thing. He said, what I'd like you to do is now go collect all of those feathers. <laughs> he said, that's impossible. He said, well, it's impossible. Once you spread a rumor, once you make an accusation, once you say something about someone, it has a life of its own. If you have something to say, Bring it to the throne of grace. Bring it to God. Let him deal with it. He knows. He sees. And if it's critical, bring it to the elders. Bring it to the deacons and deaconesses. Bring it to the pastor. Say it there. The idea of deception. Everyone who lies to his neighbor, their flattering lips... Speak with deception. The idea of deception, to deceive, to lie to someone. Parents, let me stop and pause. Don't ever say to your children, when the phone rings, tell them I'm not home. Or in the office, tell them I'm not here. There's an African proverb that says, who lies for you will lie against you. You're teaching your children how to lie. Now, they don't need any lessons in it. They have a fallen nature. From the time we're born, we're born liars. Little child with the cookie crumbs still in his hand and the evidence around his mouth when his mom said, did you take cookies out of that? Oh, no, no, mom. We're born liars. Sin is at the core of our hearts. We need his amazing grace. See, we have to see at Mount Sinai our sinfulness so that we understand Mount Calvary where we can get his grace. Because none of us deserves God's favor. Psalm 101 verse 7, no one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. When we buy into lying and when we flow with the flow of culture, we're getting into the system, the prince and power of this world has dominion over. And he is the father of lies. The power of a lie 
John 8, 44. You are from your father the devil. You've chose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies. When you lie, it gives birth to other lies. You can't just give one. You have to have a real good memory to do that. You lie, it grows, grows, and grows, and multiplies. Nothing is rarer than a solitary lie. For lies breed like toads. You cannot tell one, but out it comes with a hundred young ones on its back. It's like toads. Just multiplies. Don't lie. Lying has a destructive nature. The destructive nature of lie. A false witness will not go, notice the word, unpunished. One who spouts out lies will not escape punishment. When we lie, it does something to us. It's destructive in relationships. One of the most difficult things in adultery is not just the fact of adultery, but the lies that cover it and the trust that is broken. Would you go in to the store and use your credit card if you thought they were going to use your credit card number for something they wanted? No. Who would do that? What's the basis of our transactions in society? It's trust. Once trust breaks down, society breaks down. That's why God said, don't lie. Don't be dishonest. Be honest in our relationships, in our conversations with one another. It's destructive in its nature. It destroys character. Two men met in the forest in Pennsylvania. Both of them had guns in their hands. They were hunting. And one man said, I just got a deer. It was maybe 250 pounds. And he described how he cornered it and he captured it and how he was able to pursue it. And he was just gleaming over this deer that he shot. And it wasn't deer season. And so the friend that he, or the man that he was talking to, the acquaintance, he said, uh, do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't know who you are. He said, I'm actually the game warden. And so the man replied to him, do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't know who you are. He said, I'm the biggest liar in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Lying takes something away from us. It diminishes our character. We must be truth tellers as believers, as Christians. In Proverbs 16, 28, it says, a dishonest man spreads strife, a whisperer separates close friends. Dishonesty is moral suicide, a disintegration of the moral self. What the enemy will do is try and get us to do good things in the wrong way. To Christians, he says, listen, exaggerate that prayer meeting that you just had. Embellish the story. Oh, I prayed for someone. 
And uh, I think a tumor disappeared. All they had was a migraine headache, but, you know, it became a tumor. We exaggerate things. The early church did. Where do you think you get the spurious gospels? People thinking, oh, this is an important truth that everybody needs to know. And so they say, the gospel of Thomas. And they are dishonest. When you do that, you take away something from your character. Be honest even about how we talk about church, how we talk about life. I think so many problems in the Christian life is sometimes we read biographies of Christian people and all they tell you is the good. And then they stretch the truth, bend it also. And you get an unrealistic view of what life is and the journey is all about. There needs to be a sense of honesty about us as believers. The deceptive nature of lying, not only is it destructive, but it's deceptive. The worst lies are the lies that we say so often that we begin to believe ourselves. And we become susceptible to the lying spirit of the enemy. In 2 Thessalonians 2.11, it says, So God will cause them to be greatly deceived. They will believe these lies. Let me go back into politics for a moment. I won't ha- I'm not a politician, and I haven't studied it, but I think a simple observer can see this. Our politicians believe that the ends justify the means. They'll lie to us enough as long as they accomplish their ends because they think that's the greater good. When it's not. There has to be an honesty. And when the honesty is taken out of a relationship, trust is broken, confidence is broken, thus the whole moral fiber and fabric of society begins to crumble. But... Let's not demand honesty from our leaders. Let's not call them on it. We have to go along with the culture. Or do we? Or do we? Let's stand up for the truth of God's word. Let's have a prophetic voice and call an era and sin, an era and sin. Whether we're popular or not, we have to speak the truth. Now, speak it in love. Some people delight to speak the truth, but they use it in a harmful, hurtful way. They wield the sword as to cut, not as to heal. Deceptive. Lying can be so deceptive. We could become pharisaical. We begin to cross over the line where we believe our own pious thoughts about ourselves. We live in a culture where we're concerned about greatness but not goodness. We're concerned about accomplishments, not about how you did it. God's concerned about goodness and he's concerned about doing things in the right way and being the right people. When we cross over that line, we become Pharisees. We become hypocritical. We begin to believe the lies that we have said and perpetrated so that we cannot see our own sin, so that we are blind to what is so obvious to God, to others, 
We become susceptible. And what actually happens is the words of Jeremiah are fulfilled in our lives where he says people live a lie. They begin walking in a lie. You meet a couple and one of them comes in for counseling. Our marriage is going to break up, all these troubles and everything. And they sit down and they begin to tell you about all of their things. And you listen to them long enough and you believe their spouse is right out of hell. And their house smells of sulfur. And then you listen to the other person. And then you say, well, it's not quite like that. But what happens, that people, that person really begins to believe what they've said long enough, that they walk in a lie. They believe it. We need to be truthful with ourselves and truthful with God and truthful with one another. Where is truth? It's abandoned. Not only in the secular world, but in the church. Where is the call to repent? We need to hear it. Arnold Glasgow said, all lies are not told. Some are lived. It is hard to be honest. Ask any of our Christian businessmen that compete with competitors who will be dishonest who will compete with people who will just stretch the truth, not be fully honest. But because they are Christian men, they work with integrity, even if it means the loss of a job, even if it means that someone else outbids them, even if it means that somehow they're going to be at the short end of the stick. It's more important that God smiles on us than that the world applauds us. It's more important that God looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now our culture has gone and exchanged the truth for a lie. It said it in Romans chapter 1, verse 25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And so they're living out a lie. We're building an economy. There I go again on politics. All right. We're building an economy on lies. We're building a system of government on lies. We're building a culture on lies. When the winds of judgment come sweeping across this land, that house of cards will come tumbling down. For God will judge lies. And he said, don't be false. Be truthful. Even if it costs you something. Even when it costs you greatly. Don Landis was responsible for guarding the president's helicopter. It was back in the 50s, President Eisenhower. He was a Christian. He was a believer. And one day when he was guarding the helicopter, he had a real desire to pray. So he went inside the helicopter and for a few moments prayed. At that exact moment, his superior came, walked past where Don Landis' 
position was supposed to be where he should have been standing, and he wasn't there. So he looked for him. And he said, why weren't you at your post? Someone could have come by and put water in the tank, could have caused an accident. You could have endangered the president's life. And Don Landis had to be honest. He said, I, I went in and I was praying. His colleagues said, just tell them that you heard a sound in the helicopter and you were going to check it out. You'll be okay. He said, I can't do that. And so when he was brought before the military court, he told them the truth. Because of his outstanding record, because he was a good man, they were light on the discipline. They gave him 20 days of hard labor, a financial fine. They took one away one of his stripes, made him just a private. And he could no longer be in that elite group of men. And so he had a talent for playing the accordion. He wound up going into the band. He played so well that they asked him to come back to entertain heads of states as well as the president. And he came back to Camp David five times riding on that helicopter. They promoted him to sergeant. He served two years after that event. And he would go around from church to church to church and preach about truthful, being honest. Honesty doesn't always pay off in this present world. Because the prince and power of the air rules and reigns. Because the father of lies is controlling so much of what happens. But when God sees an honest man, an honest woman, he says, come here. Come into my holy hill. Enjoy my presence. Because that's who I invite into my presence. I want to encourage you in this moment to search your heart and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be a man, a woman of integrity. Search it. God may bring to your mind someone that you've wronged. And somehow you need to make a restitution. Someone that maybe you said something negative about and that was wrong and you gossiped and you... Make restitution this week. Maybe you need to say something good about them. Maybe you need to go back to the people you said something and apologize to them. Now, remember what I said earlier. There is a politeness that needs to characterize us as believers. So if someone, you told someone, oh, I really like you, and you don't, don't go back and tell them, I don't like you. I lied to you. Remember the truth is meant to be spoken in love. And remember God gave us this commandment to create harmony and unity and, and to build community. Remember, we're not the Holy Spirit either. The Holy Spirit can speak to people and show them when they're wrong and show them when they're off. And so make sure you know your role. Let Him work in your heart. The Ten Commandments are truly an epic part of the Bible. Hollywood has forever immortalized this section of the scripture in a movie starring Charlton Heston. 
While we know that we can't keep these commandments in order to gain entrance into heaven, what is our relationship to them? Pastor Ed will tackle this question and many others as he teaches through this 10-part series entitled, The Ten Commandments. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 845- 462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Voice of Faith.